And the little moment with his mother before the court goes away. The little moment with Laertes, which places the second family, who are to be so important, in the parallel theme that Shakespeare uses, as usual, as he does in Lear and all the other great plays, the subplot. And then he's left alone with his first soliloquy, and we understand why he is in such distress, how he loved his father, how disturbed he is by the mother's second marriage, and the haste with which it has taken place. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a dew. Or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh, God, God, how weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world. Fie on ah, fie. Tis an unweeded garden that grows to seed. Things rank and gross in nature possess it merely. That it should come to this. But two months dead. Nay, not so much, not two. So excellent a king that was to this, Hyperion to a satyr. So loving to my mother that he might not beteem the winds of heaven visit her face too roughly. Heaven and earth must I remember why she would hang on him as if increase of appetite had grown with what it fed on. Yet within a month, let me not think on't. Frailty, thy name is woman. A little month, or ere those shoes were old with which she followed my poor father's body, like Niobe, all tears. Why, she, even she, oh God, a beast that once discourse of reason would have mourned longer, married with mine uncle, my father's brother, but no more like my father than I to Hercules, within a month. Ere yet the salt of most unrighteous tears had left the flushing in her gallid eyes, she married, oh, most wicked speed, to post with such dexterity to incestuous sheets. It is not, nor it cannot come to good, but break my heart, for I must hold my tongue. His friends burst in and tell him of the ghost. Of this he can have had no idea. He is shaken from one state of misery into a state of anticipation, horror, fear, anxiety, doubt, so on. We then have the scene with Laertes and Ophelia and the old father, and we get the statement of the second plot. We go back to the battlements, and Hamlet is waiting for the ghost. The ghost appears quite differently to the way he expected. He is so like his father in real life that he is again shaken to the core by this. And we have the great scene when the ghost tells him of Claudius's treachery. Whither wilt thou lead me? Speak. I'll go no further. Mark thee. I will. My hour is almost come, when I to sulphurous and tormenting flames must render up myself. Alas, poor ghost. Pity me not, but lend thy serious hearing to what I shall unfold. Speak, I am bound to hear. So art thou to revenge when thou shalt hear. What? I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, and for the day confined to fasting fires, till the foul crimes done in my days of nature are burnt and purged away. 
but that I am forbid to tell the secrets of my prison house, I could a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up my soul, freeze thy young blood, make thy two eyes like stars start from their spheres, thy knotted and combined locks to part, and each particular hair to stand on end, like quills upon the fretful porpentine. But this eternal blazon must not be to ears of flesh and blood. List, list, oh list, if thou didst ever thy dear father love, oh God, revenge his foul and most unnatural murder. Murder most foul, as in the best it is. But this most foul, strange, and unnatural. Haste me to know it, that I with wings as...